0: This is the State of Combat Podcast on CBS Sports, all MMA, all the time, for International Fight Week, UFC 239, happy fourth to y'all, it's your boy BC, Brian Campbell, fresh off UFC Ultimate Media Day, the Brandon Wise, Brando Commando, the B-Dubs, sitting next to me in my hotel room, folks, fired up, ready to bring you some premium audio some big time interviews. Brando, first of all, how are you holding up on your debut trip to Sin City?
1: My back is on fire. I just wanted to like get to somewhere to sit down after media day because we did a lot of standing with you doing a lot more talking than to me, which was really great because we got some great content out of today. We got some great interviews for the fans that are, I think, is going to fire some people up.
0: Yeah, for the fans, he says, for the fans, for the fans. Uh, look, the the we're not going to you know uh, bury the lead at all. We've got John Jones and Rashad Evans, Sugar of this podcast, fame of UFC Hall of Fame fame, getting on the mic each other, really detailing the history of their friendship, which was blood brother teammates to Mortal Enemies ahead of UFC 145, to repairing and patching it back up heading into this weekend. Here, John, give you an honest take on their matchup, on Rashad's true legacy as one of the all-time greats. Really good back and forth. And it doesn't end there, B-dubs. We're talking to everybody one-on-one from Holly Holm to Ben Askren, Luke Rockhold, Jan Blachowicz. if I butchered it again, all right? <laughs> the, uh, the great Uriah Faber on and on. I mean, who else we got? Gilbert Melendez coming at you. We got a lot of sound here to get you fired up for this card and even more. Am I missing any names? We got an Arnold Allen in there, I think. Yeah, the Almighty from 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 Britain. We've got, um, oh, Mr. Faber's young prospect from China.
1: Yeah, go ahead and say his name. I will, you'll hear it later <laughs> on this
0: show. We got some big time audio coming for you. But look, You've, you've seen our content, UFC 239. If you need more, and I know you do, head on over to CBS Sports slash MMA. All of our preview content coming your way. Pre fight features. Check out our full preview we did earlier this week on the State of Combat podcast. Really hitting you with every matchup. Back and forth. Rashad Evans sitting in with us. You can check out that as well on YouTube, our video version. And while I'm pimping ourselves, I mean, we might as well check out the exclusive we had with Amanda Nunez in the feature on whether she is the GOAT. What could be next for her in the future after Holly Home? Holm? Be wise. Um, look, it's International Fight Week. That means things to a lot of people. It's a holiday week. Vegas buzzing right now.
1: It's crazy. I, I mean, I told you yesterday, I got sensory overload just walking around here because <laughs> I've never been to Vegas. Seeing all these bright lights everywhere you go, I didn't realize everything was indoors like this. I thought I was doing a lot more walking outside, but yeah, dude, yeah the buzz. Who's, bro, who's walking
0: outside in 104 degree weather? Come
1: on. <laughs> well, there was an earthquake today, too, that they didn't tell us about.
0: I love it. Everywhere we go, we're like, hey, how are you feeling? How's the earthquake? What earthquake? I didn't remember
1: this. <laughs> but yeah, the buzz in this place is crazy. The fans were going nuts at open workouts yesterday, yelling at media members to sit down so they could see. It was just, it was a crazy <laughs> yeah, madhouse. Yeah,
2: a couple of
0: nuggets that we can take from that, from the questions and answers, from the movements. Um, first of all, what jumps out at me, Tiago Santos, who gets his first title shot against John Jones. It's a big M effort. And then that guy hits the pads. I know it's just the pads. Wow, brother. It makes you want to run over to that sports book. And, uh, you know, I know he's what, a plus 600? 500. John's minus 900 at the moment. Uh, did that idea of a puncher's chance, did it go any further after seeing him work out?
1: It might have for me. Um, there might be a little bit of, uh, wagers in place, if you will. Um, I, to be honest, man, I knew Tiago had power. But until you see it like that, until you actually can hear what's going on. Until you those... feel it,
0: the vibrations. They're good like sun-kissed. Many want to know who done this. I'm Mark and Mark, and I'm here to move you. That's what I was feeling, right?
1: Man, that guy has so much power. And we talked about it earlier in the week. If he catches John clean, I don't know if John is standing still. You know, like, it's one of those things where his power... It might not be transcendent power, like Francis Gandhi that we talk about, but... Dude, if if John is exposed at any point, which is gonna to be tough for him to be exposed, he can catch him and he can knock him out. Yeah, something we talked with Rashad about off camera and on is like
0: if there's one fighter who can let's say John gets tagged early, doesn't go down, who can win a fight boring if he needs to. I mean, revisit Jones OSP from 2016 if you need to, but John's got the 84 and a half inch reach advantage that we always talk about. He's smart enough and efficient enough that if he doesn't want this to be a fun fight, he can win it boring if he has to. But man, I think I undersold even Tiago Santos coming in. I mean, seven and one in the last two full years, three straight knockouts. It's gonna be interesting. John, though, during the media day, I'm sorry, during the, the open workout, had some interesting quotes. He says, look, Tiago might be too muscle bound for a five-round fight. John talked about how the last time he carried too much muscle himself was that OSP fight, and he blamed that in part for his somewhat sluggish performance, although he largely dominated that fight. John said he's as lean as ever, and he says if this fight goes past two rounds, it's going to completely play into his hands. From the idea of a st- you know stamina side, and I mean that makes a ton of sense. Look, anybody, especially a finisher like Tiago Santos, you go in there against the greatest of all time, John Jones. If you don't win it early. I mean, it's like when we used to watch all those Mayweather boxing fights, it's like, man, if you don't get to him in the first two, he's going to figure out it's going to be a long night and the electricity's going to get sucked
1: out of the building. But that's kind of the point, though, right? Is like we've talked about that being the case for Santos. Like what in what way is Santos going to actually try and out technique? John Jones, the quote-unquote greatest mixed martial arts fighter of all time. Even ATT's own Dan Lambert was saying the same thing. He's like, why would Tiago go in there and try to do that? He's going to go in there and try to take his head off, you know? Shout so. out to Dan Lambert, who you saw in his first-class seat on the flight <laughs> from Miami, wearing the U t-shirt. He's all about the U, man. Right. Don't get it wrong.
0: Hey, uh, I'm fired up, of course, for this co event. We've been talking about it all week. Amanda Nunes, Holly Holm. From talking to Holm, though, and from watching her comments at the Open Workout, I mean— There's no shortage of confidence. I mean, obviously she's been here before. She's upset Ronda Rousey, but I liked her choice of words. She said, this is not going to be an upset for my team and I when we win this. And if you're somebody who feels like it's an upset to you, get ready to be shocked. Get ready to be upset because I'm coming for that title. And I mentioned it before, she's 38, but she's getting better. I mean, Brandon, you're going to hear in the interview today when I ask her, what's the difference between Holly Holm in 2015 and Holly Holm now? She says it's night and day.
1: Yeah, I could see that. It's just like, this is a little bit different than a Rousey fight, right? Like, Ronda Rousey, we all knew going into that fight, she's one-dimensional. She had the greasy vibe where I got the arm bar, that's all I got. And once she got baited into a brawl, it ended very poorly. Yeah, head movement not there. Shout out, by the way, to uh, the great Edmund who we saw today at Media Day. But Amanda Nunes is a much more complete fighter. She has the wrestling game if she needs to fall back on it. She's got the strong hands if she needs to if she wants to stay keep this as a brawl. So you can say that about it not being shocking from Holly Holmes' perspective, but if she is able to beat Amanda Nunes on Saturday, that is going to be shocking. Because, like we've talked about all week and in the last few months, Amanda is the greatest women's mixed martial artist of all time currently. To this day, Brian. Wow, Deontay. Is, okay, dude. She is the greatest women's MMA fighter ever because she's beaten. She's beaten everybody. So if she's able to win on Saturday, it'll only add to her resume. But if Holly wins, it is an upset.
0: It's going to be interesting because I cannot imagine Holly Holm being stopped. We've never seen it in MMA, but I never would imagine Cyborg getting stopped in just over a minute against Amanda Nunez. So look, I feel like this one could go deep. If, if there's an over under, I think you bet the over. I think. But I want to see if Holly Holm can do something different that she couldn't do to Cyborg that Nunez hasn't seen. Look, I love that fight.
1: I'm fired up for it. So this is what we talked about earlier in the day, you and me, right? Was that if this does go deep, if this does get into the fourth and fifth round, are we talking about an all-time great women's MMA? Well, it, fight it depends here? because
0: um, we've seen Holly Holm in deep water against Jermaine Durandamy and uh, not an all-time great fight, bro. And look, I, lo- I actually really like the Cyborg fight. That was a good fight. Cyborg inflicted damage. Holm made adjustments, made it somewhat of a tactical fight. But that wasn't a classic either. That's I think the more boring it gets, the better the preacher's
1: daughter true. fares. That's, that's true. I agree with you on Were that. Were you
0: impressed at all in the media day? De- I'm sorry, in the open workout? Like, how absurdly beloved Holly Holm is? Like, you can make the case or not that she's still living the large off that one win against Ronda Rousey. And it is kind of more true than false, but... She's almost immortal from that. People love them some Holly Holm.
1: Yeah. And it's, I mean, from all the people that were there at media day, or at open workout, right? It was probably her and John Jones that got the biggest pop of the six people that were there. Shout out to
0: Albuquerque. Are you going to go with
1: that Albuquerque parlay? That's all you, man. I already got my parlay in place. We don't need to talk about that. Uh, we don't. No, we
0: don't, we don't. Look, of all the seven deadly sins or more, I'm sure they found an eighth in Vegas. Okay, you know the only thing I'm going for is gluttony. So far, good lord, the carbs.
1: You have you just ate yeah. a three pieces of bread sandwich for some reason, oh, and you wow. don't want to move anymore.
0: All right, well, we got a gluttony of sound coming your way. You're going to love this John Jones and Rashad Evans interview, The Brotherhood. They are back on great terms. You're going to hear all about that. And just a reminder, Holly Holm, Luke Rockhold talking DMs, Jan Blachowicz talking about how Luke Rockhold is not a good person and he plans on hurting because of that, and on and on. Enjoy the sound coming your way. Get fired up for UFC 239 from Las Vegas your boy BC, your boy B-Dubs, Rashad Evans, and more all week on CBS Sports, HQ, SOC Pod, and then some. Oh, yeah, coming your way right now after this break from a word from our friends and sponsors. Enjoy. Two old rivals will share the marquee in International Fight Week once again this week when Sugar Rashad Evans headlines Friday's Hall of Fame class. And the greatest of all time, John Jones, headlines UFC 239. Guys, it's been a long time since UFC 145 when we went across from each other here. How do you feel about this man Man. facing immortality?
3: Man, dude, I, uh, facing immortality, listen. All the fame for
4: life, brother.
3: (laughs) Oh, yes, yes, Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm so happy for Rashad, man. I I don't think it could go to a better person. Uh, Rashad's been an ambassador, a great ambassador of our sport for so many years. He's one of my uh, original mentors, one of the guys that I've looked up to for a very long time. And uh, I'm honored to do anything uh, associated with Rashad. Okay,
0: I love the respect here. Rashad and I do a podcast
3: together on CBS Sports.
0: I just assumed maybe there was still bad blood between you guys. He says full circle. We're like brothers now.
3: Yeah, 1,000%. dude. Me and Rashad, way before uh, the the idea of coming uh, to us about fighting each other, uh, we, we were always cool, man. We've had many dinners together. We've gone out together. Rashad sat me down talked to me about taxes, talked to me about... <laughs> about you know living in albuquerque it's craziness the the dangerous things to look out for and uh and i always hold very uh a very uh, uh you know Rashad will always be holding a very special place in my, in my life in my heart and you know he's a man dude he's, sure, how, he's a man the man
0: how hard is it guys to go through that when you're paired against each other former teammates break apart one of the biggest selling pay-per-views in ufc history and you got to kind of hate one another.
5: What's that like, man? It, it, it was hard at the time, you know. Uh, I remember how emotionally it was for me, even when we fought. I remember the first time that we even hit each other, we first locked up. I just felt like a wave of exhaustion. We just both looked like kind of like, ah, took a deep breath, you know, because it was so much emotion into that fight. But, you know, working through that whole fight, having a whole fight happen, it was a lot of, it was a big healing process in the whole thing, you know, and, um, you know, going through the whole fight process, I got the chance to meet his mom and know his mom. And, you know, that relationship was something that was special to me because every single time I got to see his mom, you know, his late mom, she would, uh, she would always speak to me, Rashad, you know, you don't walk by without saying hi to me. And she'd always make me give her that respect. So, you know, it, it, it was something special to me. And I'm just like, you know what, man, I got, I got so much love for your son. And we just started, uh, we just always would talk, but, uh, it was always about you. What Josh? was the turning
3: point that brought you guys back home together? Uh, you know, I, th- I think I saw Rashad uh, backstage at one of the fights, and uh, and I just went up to him, and I was just like, hey, man, I was just like, yeah, I hope, man, you're always cool, man. I was like, at the end of the day, Rashad, I got mad love for you, like I like I just got done saying. Um, I just remember a lot of the conversations we had uh, when he was more of a, in a mentor role, and, uh, and I just wanted to let him know I didn't forget any of that stuff, man. And I was just like... I was like, "We good, man." He's like, "He's like, man. Of course, we're good, John. I think we, we hugged it out.
2: Yeah, we I think did. there's
3: pictures of it uh, somewhere online, and uh, it was just a beautiful moment. And I think at the end of the day, um, first of all, there's not many African American men in this sport, so I think that, that it's important for us to have a line of communication and at least you know always support each other um, as black men. And uh, when you develop a friendship, it's bigger than a sport, you know. At the end of the day. I want to be able to have uh, Rashad call me in the future or I can call Rashad in the future and say, hey, I got this uh, this charity event, you know, will you donate to it or will you call me show up and sign autographs or, or hey, John, I got a gym opening or a restaurant opening, will you come to it and uh, and show your support? And I want to always, you know, keep that line of communication open with him while we uh, just support each other well into the years that we retire.
0: All right. You fought John in the middle of his murderer's row when he took out that golden era of the light heavyweight division. This man did go the distance. Respect,
3: respect. Yeah, he did. No, it wasn't a respect thing. I wanted to take a shot out. <laughs> um, those elbows just wasn't working on it. You
5: know I mean, uh, I mean they, they, they worked a bit. <laughs>
3: they worked a bit. I, still...
5: <laughs> but, uh, My I, was, I was looking like Goonie Goo Goo for about two weeks after that.
3: <laughs> I tried, man. You know, people, a lot of people ask me that question. I was like, man, you know, was it respect? That kept a shot fighting. I was like, no, it was Rashad Evans kept a shot fighting, man. He's, he's a he's a he's a worthy champion, man. He's always going to be a champion, and uh, and uh, yeah, I gave him my best, man. I, I was it was my first real rivalry. I like, I dreamt about the fight. I did all the extra things I could do to win the fight. I did a lot of studying and uh, I brought him my absolute best at the time. And, uh, and, and he still made it a good fight. Now
0: Rashad's always an honest guy and talks. He says the only time he went to that octagon feeling scared, doubting himself was against this man's 84 and a half inch reach.
5: I oh, mean, that's okay. the truth. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, inside the octagon, it was the first time I really felt that there was another level that I need to go. And I think it was like somewhere through like the middle of the fight. I'm just like, I'm outmatched. I'm just going to take this. I'm just going to take this like a man, you know, but, but, you know, I, um, it's, it's something I began to see more and more John, you know, throughout how he's competed against all his opponents. You know, John has always been able to be able to see and start off at a certain pace, but then pick it up throughout the fight. And then by the end of the fight, his opponent's like, damn, this guy's at another level, you know, and I think that's what makes John Jones, John Jones.
0: John Jones is the goat here. As we close, what's this man's legacy? You shared a, uh, a cage with him. You've shared many a practice sessions with him. What well, can this man die one day knowing happy he did it? He did
3: it in the sport. Well, um, at this point, he is by far the hardest person. Uh, to he, he's giving me the hardest punches that I've ever felt. Um, I, that overhand right that he caught me with, it was the same overhand right that knocked out Chuck Liddell. And uh, I remember wobbling back, and I did some type of weird foot motion <laughs> trying to get my bearings <laughs> together. Uh, to this day, no one's ever hit me as hard as Rashad Evans hit me with his overhand right. Um, and as far as legacy, man, I mean, Rashad's Rashad, man. He's, he's one of the first guys, uh, to teach us how to dress in the UFC. Um, he was one of the first guys that just brought the idea of being like a brand to the UFC. I think before, I mean, it was like Rashad and George kind of just like realizing that you're more than just a fighter. You're a brand, you know, speak well, dress well, you know, that's one of the pioneers of that, um, UFC champion, great representative of the sport well-spoken, just just a class act. Setting
0: new standards in haircut game, too, right hey, now. Yeah, you know what
3: I'm saying. <laughs> great father, great friend, great mentor, great oh, teammate. Man. Oh, man, man, come on now. Full we'll circle haircut. I mean, should, should I keep going? Should I keep going?
0: <laughs> All love on this side. We'll see, of course, UFC 239 against Diago Santos. Maybe you can tie that UFC record for most championship wins. This guy's resume getting pretty sick. Here.
3: Man, thank you guys so much for the support, man. Make sure you guys watch UFC 239, July 6th. It's going to be a good one.
0: Thiago Santos, UFC 239, your first title shot. We've seen Jon Jones clean out this division twice. What makes you different for Saturday night?
2: Que uh, que faz você diferente para sábado
4: à noite? como eu venho falando, eu sou um lutador mais rápido do que os meus pesados, é, eu tenho um poder de nocaute muito grande e eu tenho golpes diferenciados que podem surpreendê-lo a qualquer momento.
2: Ah, uh... I'm faster than the normal lightweight guys. I uh, Have uh, different kinds of movements than I can show there, and uh, my powerful too.
0: John Jones told the media this week, "This is the first fight week he hasn't felt nervous." Do you, what does that say to you? What uh, did we say again? This is the first fight week John Jones hasn't felt nervous.
2: Uh, não que John Jones não not nervoso. O que que, que representa para você? A luta que, que ele não nervoso
4: nada eu não me preocupo com com da maneira que ele está importante é que eu estou bem tranquilo e focado para o próximo sábado
2: I don't care if John Jones wins I'm in para for Saturday night A lot
0: of people are already willing to call John Jones the greatest of all time at age 31 the GOAT what is your opinion on that
2: John Jones é o tipo o cara extraordinário né o que que você acha a respeito disso
4: uh, John... John Jones é um, é, um, é um excelente lutador, é um grande campeão, mas eu estou indo o sábado lá para mostrar que eu sou melhor do que ele, para conquistar esse cinturão.
2: John Jones is incredible fighter, a great champion, but Saturday i sábado going to show uh, I'm I'm better, then I're going to get that
4: belt. How do you beat John Jones?
2: Como você vai ganhar dele?
4: Estou preparado para fazer cinco rounds, para fazer uma guerra, mas eu vou buscar o um nocaute.
2: I'm prepared for five f- rounds, but I'm gonna get the, the knockout for sure. In closing, how much have you imagined that moment of them
0: raising your hand, saying "and the new" and that title around your waist? Como é
6: que você imagina escutando e o novo campeão
4: Ah, incrível! Imagino isso a todo tempo. Eu mentalizo isso, e isso vai se concretizar no sábado
6: incredible i mentalize that all the time and it's going to happen on saturday tiago santos best of luck
0: to you
4: thank you so much appreciate yes
0: and you saw on twitter jorge told us at cbs sports he
7: wants to end your bloodline on saturday uh do you want to get into that i can't believe cbs would air uh, air uh you know something so crazy uh and i already have three kids so he's screwed you got the surgery already? He, this, is, this is a lost cause for him? It's a loss, and I wear a cup that's very hard to penetrate, so yeah, I think he's screwed. All right, talk about the dislike. There's a lot of trash talk going back and
0: forth. Do you have real dislike for George?
7: No. I'm, I'm fairly indifferent to him.
0: We, we see you squeezing watermelons and popping them on social media. How tough of a matchup is this going to be considering his ground skills on Saturday?
7: I think he's good. I just don't think he's good enough. as simple as that. There's a lot of uncertainty in the Walter Waite division. i yeah. to get your thoughts. How do you think it's going to play out the rest of the year? I think I'm going to get a title shot. Really no. soon. By the end of the year? Yes, November. Specifically.
8: I, said, I don't know your opinion in the both main fights of this card. Amanda Nunes against
7: Oh, it's a tough one. <laughs> one. I, I think that would go either way. I think Amanda's great. Holly's also really hard to hit, and that's something Amanda... Um, you know, Amanda has gotten tired in fights before, so if, if you want to identify a weakness with her, that's it.
8: They believe she's
7: the the, the the greatest of the whole time. The uh, Amanda? Yeah, I think she's the goat. In females, for sure.
8: What about Jones and Thiago Santos?
7: I think Jones by a, a wide margin. Is he the goat in
8: your opinion?
7: Too? That was tough because he has such a checkered uh, checkered history with USADA. I think if you take USADA out of the picture and say he never had those tests, I think the answer to that's yes. With those tests, I, I think it's very murky territory. It was incredible
0: anticipation ahead of your US, UFC debut against Lawler. What kind of statement do you think you made with that performance?
7: Uh, I think it was very exciting, interesting fight. I think I was able to figure out a way to get a win, even when things didn't go my way early. I think it's a great quality, and I wasn't really concerned about what type of statement it made.
0: How badly were you hurt?
7: Uh, I thought I was fine the whole time. I mean, other people might think otherwise, but, you know, when I got slammed and then I was getting punched because my arm was trapped underneath me, it was just like, okay, I just need to get back to my, I need to get back to my back and get my wrist free, and I was able to do that, and then after that, I was able to get up and get him against cage and get the takedown and secure the choke.
0: When it comes to the idea of who gets the next welterweight title shot, do you think it's who looks better between you and Masvidal and Covington and Lawler in August?
7: No, I think I'm getting the next title shot. What gives you that confidence? I just feel it. You feel it. You feel it from backroom conversations. No, I don't have. I don't talk to Dana. I showed, showed my last, my t- last text was March 16th. So uh, no, I just feel it. If you win, do you think your haircut
0: starts to take on life around the world? It already has.
7: Uh, I, you know, I've popularized this uh, haircut. And my hair is very short and tame compared to what it used to be. But uh, a lot of wrestlers go with the uh, the long afro. Does it have a name? No, a white guy afro. How about the sperm perm? Oh man, you're offending me. I don't, know, I don't know what to say to that.
8: Ben, I've got to ask you. We've been talking to Hawkay Oh, and he's basically said that fans are coming up to him and saying that they don't just want him to beat you; they want him to harm you. Are you feeling that kind of reaction from the fans? What do you have to say to
7: that? Uh, George hangs out with a really delinquent crowd, so <laughs> I think maybe he's uh, finding some of those people.
8: Look, we haven't seen your face off yet. We're going to in just a short while because he wasn't at the. Are you excited for it? LA. I'm excited for it. What, it's be what fun. are you expecting?
7: I think he's going to puff his chest out and you know yell and scream and act really tough.
8: Are you looking out for that three-piece in a uh, soda?
7: I think the UFC will be smart <laughs> enough to make sure that doesn't happen. Okay, thanks. I hope.
8: I want to take
3: you back to December. We spoke backstage at the okay. UFC Milwaukee yeah. card, and I asked you what your goal was for 2019. Yeah. And you, were, you cut me off and said, I will be the 165-pound champion by the end of
7: 2019. Is that now, now off the table? I don't mind? think it's totally off the table yet. Uh, We'll see what happens after that That uh, September 7th card with uh, Khabib. Sure. The ageless wonder, Uriah Faber,
0: back from the UFC Hall of Fame, back from retirement next Saturday night. You'll be back on the
9: card in Sacramento against Ricky Simone. How are you feeling about this idea? Man, I feel great. I uh, I mean, the fight life is a tough life, absolutely. <clears throat> and uh, you get reminded of that as soon as you get back in the mix on a full-time purpose let go of course being in the gym every day is one thing being present at practice is another thing but actually getting in practice and mixing it up uh it's tough on the body and cutting weight and everything else it's it's been uh you know it's a love-hate relationship i I definitely love the process and and enjoy a lot of things about it but you're also getting beat up so um i'm excited man you're not coming back against quote-unquote, an old name that you can
0: make a fun fight against. You're going in there against a hungry young guy who has a bright future. Tell me about the, the, the choice in picking Simone as an opponent.
9: Well, I don't pick my opponent, so they after, they actually offered me Cron uh, Gracie first as the main event at 145 pounds, and, um, you know, that sounded interesting. Uh, he, he didn't end up winning the fight, and, and in all reality, if I want to be most competitive, it's at 135 pounds, and I had kind of Prep for that with a grappling match where I was making 145 first. And, and, uh, and so there's a couple other names, but at the end of the day, aside from the guys that are on my team or suspended, uh, there aren't like a massive, you know, massive names, unless I want to jump up a weight. And I've done that before in the past. So I I like a hungry kid that I, that I respect. I, I like him as an, as a fighter, as an individual, he actually came and trained with us about six years ago, and I remember him as a person, not as his training, per se. And uh, it's going to be a tough fight, man. Very tough fight. What brings you back the most? I'm sure the answer in the end is a little bit of everything. Nice paychecks, challenge yourself. But really, what's the one thing that drives you back into the cage? Just following my heart. You know, when when I start thinking that I want to fight and I'm getting the itch to fight, uh, it's the same reason why I stopped. When I was trying to find the motivation, I actually got super excited for the last fight, it was, you know, going out as, as a retirement fight in my hometown, the first one in the new arena. And for me, it's just about I do what I want. And uh, right now, I feel like I want to fight. All right. The time away, you became a father for the first time. Congratulations. How much did that time do mentally to rewire you, to, to rebuild you, to come back? Um, I've, I've never had trouble getting motivated, but having a, a brand-new baby that's looking at you every day is definitely a different type of purpose and different type of motivation and and so um you know it's it's different it really is and and I don't necessarily think it's it's gonna give me super superhuman powers but as far as getting me motivated and making me want to fight uh, I think probably has something to do with it. If you get your hand raised
0: in Sacramento against Ricky Simone and you're back, are we gonna hear a little bit of TJ Dillashaw
9: get your ish together
0: in the post fight interview?
9: <laughs> you know It's, it's so, I I get asked about TJ Dillashaw probably more than anyone else. And I had to put my phone and ignore media for like a week and a half after he got busted. Um, and I finally made some comments about it. But at the end of the day, Henry Cejudo just called me out. You know, he's one of the best fighters on the planet, Olympic champion, two time UFC champion. To get yourself revved up. Fighting someone who may be one of the best ever is a, is a very exciting proposition. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. TJ's still year and a half out. Um, I'll be 41 and a half at the time. Who knows? I don't know if I'll be reverse aging at that time, but uh, probably not.
0: Mr. Faber, as the great States North would would tell you, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck on the comeback in Sacramento. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the fights. <laughs> All right, Holly Holm, UFC 239. So much talk heading into your matchup with Amanda Nunez about her being the GOAT. Sport still really young. How comfortable are you are, are you with people saying that about Amanda?
8: I know I'm up against a very tough opponent. I know that I know what her accomplishments are. I know what she's been able to do. Um, but she hasn't faced me yet, and that's what's different. Um, you know, there's a reason why we're set up for this fight because I'm ranked right there. She's the champ. I'm the, I'm the challenger and you never know what's going to happen and I'm here for the victory.
0: For your career, you've had so much success instantly upon your arrival to UFC. It's almost as if you're growing and learning on the job. How different of a fighter are you today from 2015 against Ronda Rousey?
8: Oh, I'm completely different fighter today. You know, and I, I that's exactly how I felt in this job As you know, my first training camp, I literally only trained eight weeks for my first MMA fight. Uh, eight weeks of, like, just practicing get-ups, <laughs> and I just went into the fight thinking, if you go down, you better get up. And I knew that it would be on the fast track because of my boxing uh, background, and I knew that. So I didn't have that many MMA fights before I got in the UFC. And getting in the UFC, uh, I say I knew I, I knew my career would be on the fast track. And I only had two fights in the UFC before I faced Ronda. So yes, at that point, I had had experience under me, and I have the best coaches to help me catch up. But that was still in 2015. It's 2019. I didn't even start grappling till I was 29. So that was half of my MMA career ago, basically. You know, So yes, I've, I've completely learned a lot and completely become a different fighter than I was in 2015.
0: You made the comment during workouts that Amanda Nunez is, is facing you. And you're not Shevchenko. You're not Tate. You're not any of these. How different of a matchup for Amanda is it against you for what the skills you bring to the table?
8: I'm just a completely different fighter. That's all there is to it. I'm not the same about it. And that does And that's not saying that they aren't great. It's just I'm different. I'm different than them, so it makes a different fight. And that's why people love to watch fights. It's two people at their best just up against each other, and you never know what's going to happen. It's honestly, I think that's why people love to watch fighting. It's a sport that will never die. It doesn't get old people. There's always someone coming in with a big upset. There's always somebody that's maybe going to be reigning. You have someone like Floyd Mayweather in boxing who's never lost, and then you have people who are up and down in other sports. But it doesn't matter. Every time they get in there, anybody has a puncher's chance, and it could be the last. It could be the last, you know, punch right before the end of the bell, and everything can change.
0: Finally, when you look at this challenge of Amanda, in some ways you can compare her game and style to Chris Cyborg, who you went the distance against. Is there anything you can learn from that experience that you can use against Amanda?
8: I think the only thing that I learned uh, from that experience is, yeah, we can go hard for five rounds. Uh, I want it to be cleaner. I want it to be better. I want to perform better. I want to do better, all those things. But, uh, you know, the the fight with Cyborg was a five-round battle, and it's just a constant reminder that I still love this sport, and no matter what happens, I'm in there with the grit, and I know I've got the heart. Um, but really, I don't really like to compare too much. I want to... Be just focused on what I'm going to
0: do in this fight. Best of luck, Saturday. Thanks so much. Thank you. UFC 239 Fight Week with the most eligible bachelor in America, the male model Luke Rockhold. But we're talking serious here. We're talking a move to 205, your debut, against Jan Blachowicz. What's it like not having to cut down that hard this week? Life's good. In and out burger? Not quite going
10: in and out burger, but uh, there will be. There will be on Sunday. Most definitely, a little catering of in and out burger. get the, You know, DC can keep his chickens, Popeyes. I'll take my <laughs> in and out burger. i uh, you know, I feel good, and that's what fighting's all about—feeling good and fighting good. And uh, I get to focus on fighting, not cutting weight, and it's—it's it's brought back some life to me. This whole camp, and and uh, I'm ready to fight, I'm ready
0: to go show it. I know you don't want to look too far ahead, but your name being added to the 205 pool, which is a shallow one, if we're being honest. John Jones at the top, a lot of young names, a lot of everybody else. A lot of the narrative this week with John Jones main eventing this card. Will this be his last dance at 205 for you? Are you hoping not? I'm
10: focused on me. That's all that really matters. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to put myself at the, in the elite category of the light heavyweights and put myself in line for the, to fight the best.
0: How different do you expect to look, feel, style-wise at 205 pounds? There's some big boys in there. Some big boys. I'm a big boy. Love... Skills translate no matter what in the end. They light heavyweights
10: don't have skill. I have skill. I have technique. I have power. I have everything and more to bring to this division that it doesn't have. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in there. I'm gonna implement it. I'm gonna put it on them. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna make them guess at every point,
0: and then I'm gonna put them away. All right. My podcast colleague, the great Sugar Rashad Evans, your friend going into the Hall of Fame this weekend. Got any embarrassing stories we can share with the people about the great Rashad?
10: Embarrassing stories. You know, I, I don't know about embarrassing at the moment. You
0: know, one of the
10: first times I remember Rashad back in the Strike Force Challenger days, Rashad is just a, uh, he's a character and he, and he comes forward and, and uh, he's like a little Photoshop queen back in the day. You know, he, he would Photoshop just about anybody and everybody you could. And that that was uh, my initial interaction with, with Rashad. He he came on and tried to break the ice
0: real quick back in the Strikeforce days. And so. Well, he's been a champion of yours this week, saying you're not only going to get the win, but people will see a new lo- Luke Rockhold at 205 where if you yeah. ever thought chin issues were a problem, not having to cut that weight will be a major difference for you. Is that true? I'm here to
10: fight. Uh, the weight's going to play a factor. It's going to feel good,
0: and it's not going to feel good for them. How are the DMs doing these days? I <clears throat> hear it goes down there. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm old. I'm, I'm whatever. All right, we'll roll on from that. The, the, the challenge is Jan Blachowicz, a tr- you know, a, a veteran, a tough out. What kind of fight are you expecting on Saturday?
10: I'm, ex- I'm expecting a fight. I'm focused on myself. I'm not really worried about Jan. I'm focused on what I'm going to do. I'm going to
0: execute. I'm going to put him in a bad place. I'm going to finish him. If you do that with your name, with your history as a former UFC champion, are we talking title shot right away? Is that part of the deal here? Who else is there?
10: What else is there? I'm fighting. I fight. I came here. No one would fight me in the top few, so Jan is the only guy who stepped up, top five, six, wherever he is.
0: I'm going to go put this man away. I'm going to put myself at the very top. All right, one of your most vicious rivals of all time, Michael Bisping. They still play the sound bites of you two, tearing each other up. He's going into the hall this weekend. Congrats to him. But do you still hold a little grudge and say, maybe you wouldn't go in there? Maybe you wouldn't have if it wasn't for that fateful night? Bisping knows he got
10: lucky. He can run away into the sunset. He had a good career, good for him off. Let's go.
0: Check this man out in the pages of, I don't know, you're, being, you're modeling everywhere, but you'll be modeling Saturday night. UFC 239, best of luck in your move up to 205. Thank
10: you. Thank you very much. UFC
0: 239, and I'm going to pronounce this correctly, Jan Bojowicz.
9: Yes.
0: Going Perfect. to face Luke Rockhold and Rockhold's 205 debut. You ready to welcome him to the new weight class?
4: Ready like, like never. Yes, <laughs> I will welcome him really, really
0: hard. I saw the stare down between the two of you today during Ultimate Media Day. Looked a little testy. What was going on there?
4: Uh, he say some stupid shit, you know. He always say stupid shit, so if he have to say something, he, he, he say that, and that's it. I don't care.
0: It's easy to call Luke Rockhold a pretty boy. He's a handsome man. He just modeling on the side. So you think I'm not handsome? Well, you know, that's, I mean, they pay me to ask the questions, not judge this. Is he a real fighter, though, in your eyes? Is this a good move for him to go up to
4: light heavyweight? We will see in Saturday. Uh, uh, we'll see he's a good fighter yeah he's he's a great fighter, but uh, I think his personality is not good, you know uh, he's just bad people, bad men that's it but and i I learn him respect in Saturday why is he a bad man he's rude <laughs> Maybe a little arrogant he, yeah arrogant he he thinks that he's better for or, you know he He's got his fancy style, you know. He play golf on Saturday, drink his fancy drinks. I think my cheapest beer in Poland is uh, tastes better than his, you know, fancy drinks. Uh, that's it. You know, he, he just thinks that he's better because I don't know why. You know. Okay,
0: okay. You're going to put these big guns on him Saturday night. This division is kind of reloading. We got John Jones at the top. Then it's a fight to tr- for everyone else to try to make their name. Why are you different? Why are you going to get
11: through Luke Rockhold on Saturday? Uh, Sorry? Can you try?
0: I, I don't understand. What, separate, what makes you different than everybody else at light
4: heavyweight?
0: Ah. Because I'm from Poland, No, We've got uh, heart like uh, nobody else in the world. All right, all right. What's your prediction for Saturday's main event in your division? John Jones, Tiago Santos. It's going to be hard night for Tiago, but I believe that he can uh, shock the world. Wow. wow. If he does shock the world, you're going to call him up, say, I'm ready, I'm here? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> this guy pulls no punches and I even got the name correctly, Jan Bwajowicz. In the house, 205, Saturday night, UFC 239. Best of luck to you,
4: man. Thank you. Appreciate it.
0: Reborn at welterweight, it's Michael Chiesa to UFC 239 against the legend Diego Sanchez. I was going to ask you how you're feeling. Now I want to ask about this haircut. <laughs> High and tight. I didn't see this coming.
11: I feel good. I'm a new man. is a new me. You know what I mean? I feel good, man. It's uh. I, I really am enjoying this, this welterweight life. You know what I mean? It's, it's, this fight week's been a lot smoother, a lot easier, not only for myself, but for my team. You know, it's pretty taxing on everybody, those, those cuts down to 155. So uh, it just feels good to actually be enjoying every moment of this fight week. And uh, I, I feel bad when I'd when I be going through the cuts. I'd be sitting on that chair with my head down, giving short answers, kind of being a dick, you know. So I'm like, You're
0: standing up, you're moving yeah, around? Yeah,
11: I feel good, you know what I mean? So I'm just really excited. That's
0: great to hear. Great to hear. You looked like a million bucks against Carlos Condit in December. The Cardio was there. The aggressiveness was there. Is that a message to everyone else at 170?
11: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, as I've, as I've grown in the sport and I've gotten older, I've, I've continued to get bigger, and I attribute that a lot to my strength conditioning. And I just had to quit fighting. I just had to accept the fact that I'm not a lightweight anymore. i got to move up, and now I just feel like a better version of myself. I mean, we saw some good fights out of me at lightweight. I feel like we're going to see just the best version of myself going forward. I'm glad I made the decision while well, I'm still in my prime. I'm 31 years old. And in MMA years, you know, that's not that old. You know, I still got my best years ahead of me. And I'm just excited to put on exciting fights for the fans. I'm excited to move towards title contention. I, got, I do have a tall order ahead of me on Saturday night. But I do, I'm do, fit for the bill, man. I'm ready to go out there and get the job done. For Let's sure.
0: talk about that grizzled veteran Diego Sanchez. One of his great fights against Clay Guido will go into the hall on Friday night. You want to make another one with him on Saturday?
11: Look... This is my opinion on the whole fight of the night thing. Is I don't ever go into a fight looking to have a fight of the night. I like performance of the night. I like to go out there pitch a shutout, get a dominant win. Um, but if it happens, I welcome it. I've been in fight of the night plenty of times before. Um, I think I have two fight of the night bonus, two or three. You know what I mean? It's, it's you know you know you can go into that type of scenario when you can't remember how many fight of the nights you won. You know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, you know it, I'm looking to go pitch a pitch a shutout, be dominant. But if if it goes that way. I'm, I'm ready. I'm fit for the bill. I'm ready to go. Um, you know, and I'm I, congratulations to him getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. He deserves it. I'm sure this won't be the first time. I, you know, I could see him just as a fighter as a whole getting inducted into the Hall of Fame sooner or later. The Ageless Wonder, Diego Sanchez. Well, that's it.
0: We call him the Ageless Wonder for a reason. He re- reinvents himself constantly right now at what, 37 years old? He's coming off. That went over Mickey Gall. He looked young again. He's adding jujitsu to the wrestling and the brawling. How do you kind of predict what version you're going to see of him?
11: You can't predict what version of Diego Sanchez you're going to get. The guy is just a wild man. You know, we saw, We've saw, we seen him go into fights where it's on the feet, knockdown, down, drag out brawl. We've seen him drag guys to the floor, maul him with ground and pound. We've seen a lot of different shades of Diego Sanchez. But the good thing is, is I'm well prepared. I had a great camp. I got a great team behind me, as always. And uh, I'm just ready for whatever he brings to the table. Who knows what he's going to do, but I'm ready for whatever, man.
0: Uh, people, when they hear Michael Chiesa, they always think of the wars with Kevin Lee. And he talked about your mom that time. What was your mom's reaction to that?
11: Ah, uh, she, she wasn't a fan. You know what I mean? My mom's a really nice lady and as a, as a mama's boy, I'm here to defend her. You defended her honor well, then. I sure done did, my man. <laughs> and she'll be there. She's got tickets.
0: <laughs> all right. You leave a, a, a all killer division at lightweight, but welterweight's kind of reshuffled the deck. There's a lot of big names. Ben Askren, Jorge Mazvidal this weekend. I know Big Ben's over our, my shoulder, so we don't want to insult him if you got Jorge, yeah. but who you got?
11: Uh, you know what? I fought Jorge Masvidal, and, and we've become good friends since, so. You always want to, you know, A, he's my friend. You always want your friends to win. And B, when somebody's beat you, you always want them to do good. It kind of shines good onto you as, as a fighter, you know. So uh, I think people are really underestimating Jorge Masvidal. The dude, is he ga- he's named Gamebred for a reason. The guy shows up, he fights. Um, Ben's going to have his hands full. This, this ain't going to be no walkthrough fight. It's going to be a tough fight for him. And I think, uh, I think Jorge, he's got the tools to get the job done.
0: Can't wait to see that one. Can't wait to see you in the nightmare, Diego Sanchez. Saturday night, UFC 239. Best of luck to you, brother.
11: Thank you, sir. I appreciate it.
0: Don't tell this guy how to live, Greg. Okay, here we go. On, Three, two, one. Hey, a legend in his own right in the MMA game, Gilbert Melendez, back this Saturday, UFC 239. It's been a while. It has been. All right. We yeah. you know you've been doing some great work on TV with ESPN. Talk about this comeback, though.
12: Yeah, I'm excited to be back. You know, I've. Uh, I think after my last fight, I didn't like how it turned out, and I took some time off, and um, you know, and uh, eventually the mats were calling. You know, the mat- mats were calling. and Started training again, and. Realize I, I still can compete and, and here I am, man. I hit up Sean Shelby and said, book me a fight. I think I'm ready to go. And, uh, now it's, now it's go time. I had the same conversation today with Uriah Faber about the time away, what that does to you mentally,
0: physically. How important is that in terms of rewiring and the machine and getting back ready?
12: It, it, it is. I mean, it, it's, it's really important to just refocus and uh, realize why you're here. You know, I think I was a fighter at the beginning and then I became a little bit of a businessman and you you have to be in the sport. But um, you know, I'm just a fighter again right now. I'm just here to come here and fight. People are like who's your opponent? You know, protect your brand, do this or or what are you going to do next? Like just bringing the business into it right now. I'm not bringing anything except just the fight into it. I'm just here to fight a guy. You're
0: on the elite level in the broadcasting game, of course.
12: You ever get nervous in that field? Is there ever a time you know that red light gets pretty hot? Those lights. Yeah, man, it's a great rush. You know, you feel that same rush of like, okay, we're on live TV. Here we go. Don't mess it up. You know, don't say something dumb. And and um, like I said, I'm a performer, man. You throw me out there, I'm I'm gonna go for it. Whether whether it's uh you know whether I knock it out the park or not, you know, if you ask me and you put me out there, I'm, I'm not gonna freeze up. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and, and go for it.
0: Your opponent this Saturday, a youngster, the Almighty—they call him—is it Arnold Allen from the UK? Five and zero in the cage in the UFC. From the tape you've
12: seen, what should we expect this weekend? Man, he's—he's he's a young lion, dude. He comes out, he—he's very active. He moves around a lot. Um, but I think you're going to see a fight. You're going to see a fight. I'm going to bring a fight. Everyone's like, you know, what did you see? You studied tape, and yeah, I studied my tape. But I'm not really worried about what he's going to do. I'm—I'm going to do my fight. I'm going to do my fight. And, and, and when I fight, there's. It's it's exciting and there's a there's a scrap going on right here. No no point contest. There's gonna be a scrap going on. Oh my God,
0: I love this. I love this You're getting me fired me up because look, there's a man in this building right now, the great Diego Sanchez, going into the Hall of Fame this weekend in terms of his super fight there with Clay Guida. We love the violence and we love the action. But when I heard that one was going in, I'm thinking revisit his collaboration with Diego Sanchez you might got screwed right there
12: oh yeah man you know Diego told me too he's like don't worry man ours is next dude ours is next and he's a guy I talk to all the time and I have nothing but respect for that guy such a savage you know what an opportunity to be able to lock horns with him and that was great uh um yeah man I think that one come on now come on now you know you know we all know that should be in there already dude you, you know? both came back to life from the dead in that fight multiple times <laughs> for sure For sure. I thought he was definitely not human at that time. I was like, this guy is not human, for sure. I hit him with everything I had, and he definitely isn't. He's definitely on another level. He's definitely on another level when it comes to being a human, right? When you look at
0: what's next for you to finish out your career, what's left to accomplish? What's driving you?
12: Yeah, man, I don't know if there is anything left to really accomplish. I'm so proud of my accomplishments and everything here. You know, I'm not really fighting for so much of a compliment. I guess I'm fighting for a great moment. You know, I have an opportunity here for another great moment to go down. But, you know, this is just this makes me feel alive. You know what I mean? Going in there and challenging myself, preparing for a fight, you know, uh, stepping onto mat, fighting in front of millions of people and and just like having the guts to do that you know and just just doing that feels freaking amazing afterwards you know and um you know it's a good buzz and it's a good high that um that i won't be able to have forever i'm 37 years old no doubt i'm on my fourth quarter of my career so uh so i'm gonna go go enjoy that high while i can well it's a gift for the fans
0: it's a gift for you to feel that buzz once more we wish you luck on saturday against the almighty Allen gilbert melendez a true legend in the game strike force gold one time around that waist
12: that's right thanks very much guys
0: all right, the almighty Arnold Allen. I wanted to say Great Britain's next big thing, but you're trying to make a case for MMA's next
13: big thing, brother. That's what I'd like. Yeah, that sounds bad to me.
0: You got a showcase opportunity Saturday, UFC 239 preliminary card main event against the veteran Gilbert Melendez. How big of an opportunity is this for you in your career?
13: Yeah, it's a huge opportunity. It's uh, it's everything I want. You know, it's everything I need. You know, this is what I need for my career to to excel to the next level, to be up there with the the big names, the big boys, and a win here should put me a top 15, I think. I, I keep saying it. I, some people have said they don't know why I'm not, but I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I have to win this one. You're 5-0 and o in the UFC, starting to make some noise in that featherweight division.
0: If anybody watching this has not seen you, they're not woke to the almighty, what are they missing out on?
13: I, I think I fight pretty exciting. I don't know. I thought my last one was pretty boring, but some people said otherwise. I always try and have an exciting fight. I always try to finish, and I, I try not to leave it a snooze fest. And Yeah, I try my best.
0: What are we expecting against the veteran in Melendez? Been up and down the road before, in his late 30s, had some good and bad performances mixed together. We're going to see a war?
13: If it goes to that, it goes to that. But, you know, that's where he's going to suit best. And, you know, if I don't need to, I won't. So if if I need to, then I will. The option's there.
0: It's International Fight Week, which means Hall of Fame, the great Michael Bisping. You come from the U.K., a land where
13: he's king. How big of an impact on that scene has this man had? I think it had a huge impact, you know, especially when he won the titles, like so many more young people got into it. And I think a lot of people that are currently doing it realised that it was possible, you know, like that it's not just a sort of a dream and it could be done. So I think a lot more people got into it and it raised the stock of MMA in the UK. So yeah, definitely it was a huge thing.
0: We're learning about you in the cage. Five and zero in the octagon so far. What can we learn about you, the person? Yeah. What's this Arnold Allen guy like outside the ring here? Uh, I like to eat, and I want to eat in and out after the fight. in and out burger in the house. If you get a victory here, how far away are we talking? This title picture at
6: featherweight.
13: Ah, uh, you know, a couple of years of the division to your year. If I can stay active, three fights a year. Yeah, I, I could see. Yeah, a year. Doesn't sound too bad.
0: What do you like in the upcoming title fight? Max Holloway against the veteran Frankie Edgar.
13: Uh, it's hard to go against Max Holloway, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah Frankie Edgar is a good, it's a good matchup for him, Frankie. If he comes in like old-school Frankie and puts the press, pressure on him and takes him down repeatedly, yeah, I could see. Yeah, uh, yeah actually, I yeah, think about Frankie Edgar, about Frankie Edgar, yeah. All
0: right, Saturday night, Arnold Allen's going to be in there with Gilbert Melendez. Can't wait to see what happens. Best of luck to you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. UFC Bantamweight prospect Song Yedong. UFC 239, you're back this weekend, 3-0 and so far in the Octagon. How are you feeling heading into this fight against Alejandro
6: Perez? He said
12: he's
6: very excited. He appreciate the UFC giving him chance to fight this car. He will give his best.
0: You hear a lot of rumblings about you—just 22 years old—but you come into these fights to bang, to win. With the UFC expansion in China, how much is this right place, right time
6: for you to be coming on the scene? He mm-hmm. said, "In uh, America, the people heard a lot of people talking about you. You're only 22 years old, three wins in a row, and then you suddenly come here and fight a really important fight, and everyone believes you're to win. What was your feeling like? What did it do to you?" Ah, I feel
12: very 就顺其自然,
6: he said he don't feel too much influence because he's been working hard a lot. He thinks once you work that hard, everything will just come into you by naturally. Yeah.
0: 3 0 so far. You get a victory on Saturday. How far away are we talking the idea of this young fighter fighting for a world title?
6: He说,
12: Uh, Uh, He said,
6: if he won this fight, and uh, if his body is good, if he performed well, if he, after this fight, if he keep winning two, three or four times, he think he got the chance to challenge the belt. If he goes smooth, he win all the fight.
0: A lot of fans just getting to know you. What can U.S. fans know about Song Dong, the person outside the cage, in your journey to get to this spot?
6: He said in America, not know you. you
12: 比较性格开朗的, 就像我外号我一样, Monkey, yeah. He said he
6: likes to give people good energy, good vibes. He wanted people to remember his name. His name is Kung Fu Monkey. So he wanted people, as soon as people remember him, he's like he he remember a high-peace face, give good energy, like to train in martial arts, enjoy the martial arts lifestyle.
0: Great Uriah Faber told us off camera, watch out for this man right here. Song Dong, Bantamweight division. He's coming. UFC 239, Saturday night. Thank you. B-Dubs, time to wrap this thing up. Great sound from Media Day. I'll give the UFC credit. You get your opportunities to get the big names. But fourth wall removed. It was hit or miss there on the idea of getting a John Jones exclusive behind the walls of the regular media area. You came through, Rashad Evans came through, UFC came through. How about that chat between Jones and Sugar Rashad? How good was it to hear that kind of love, knowing ahead of UFC 145 where that hate was?
1: You know, it's just kind of one of those things where we talk about these fighters and how much they hate their opponents before the fights. But at the end of the day... If you have the courage enough to stand across from another man in a fist fight like that in front of millions of people. Are you, is,
0: are, you is, personally, are you aiming this at me in terms of our sparring match, or are you just talking about John Jones? I don't, I'm trying to pick up your vibes.
1: Well, no, I'm going to still hate you after our sparring match. So, no, but somebody like that who was your training partner, you've spent a lot of hours together sweating it out, grinding through camps and everything. There's so much love and respect between those guys. Like, there's never, there was hate at one point. But the hate's gone. Like, they understand what, what happened and why it was such a bad situation. They figured it out. They're, they're so good together.
0: It's just to hear Rashad say everything changed when he met John's mom and it got personal again and personal in a good way, you know, like, you know, they're, they're just two, two men and, and that's helped each other out a lot. To hear Jones talk about Sugar Rashad's legacy about, you know, the role he played in the African American sports community and the, the fact that I didn't know this that Sugar Rashad landed a right-hand bomb during their fight at UFC 145, and Jones says, it's the hardest I've ever been hit. That's why I couldn't finish that man over five rounds. So that's it's very interesting, along with the always, always honest Sugar Rashad talking about, you know, Machida hit hit like a bitch until he finished him, you know, until the (laughs) Machida era started, though. We loved hearing that stuff. And uh, how about Luke Rockhold, No, just straight-up no-selling me on the idea of how sloppy his DMs are? You down know, with that?
1: I feel like he no sold you on a lot of things today. So.
0: I mean he's that dude. He's that arrogant dude. He don't got time for regular, you know, <laughs> regular folks like us. Where the where the uh where the
1: ladies at, right? Hey man, shout out to him though, getting that polo money, because he was rocking that polo world oh, yeah. today. Oh yeah. He, he he didn't want it nothing to do with Ben Askren,
0: surprisingly, for such a great quote. In and out, man, you know, he didn't like my idea of, of the nickname for his hair. The the sperm perm. come on. It's a little pubie, you know? I got nothing. All right. All right. Uh, look, get 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 fired up because it's Saturday night. We're going to see a great card. We're going to see two title bots. We're going to see that people's main event of Maz Vidal and Askren Luke Rockhold's 205 debut, pure hell and violence between Sanchez and Chiesa. I am fired up for it. We saw your your grown son, Peter Yan, during media day, just like we saw Coach Edmund. I mean, there are a lot of stars out there. You're Uriah Faber, man. Jiu-Jitsu. Jiu-Jitsu and, and his wife. Wow. Hey, all right. Well done there. Well done on this show. Please check out our content this week on CBS Sports slash MMA. Our exclusive sit-down with Amanda Nunez. All that and then some... Tall, pale, and handsome. I think that's how it goes. Uh, be wise. Uh, I, I I, pray for mercy on your soul through finishing out this Las Vegas trip. The carbs. The miles. Long days, bro.
1: Tell me about it. I've been up since 530. <laughs>
0: Still on East Coast time. And shout out to our brother, Sugar Rashad Evans. Going in the Hall of Fame this week. Much deserved. We're going to hear from him. Be on the lookout for our Instant Analysis podcast, we'll record that after the fights on Saturday night. You'll have access to that on Sunday. For Sugar Rashad, for B-Dubs, it's your boy, V.C. State of Combat in your ear hole. That's what I'm talking about. Brandon, any message
7: to the people? Out. Out.